Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is a little podcast that I've been putting together over the last while where I like to talk about all things investing, where I can share with you some of my thoughts, some of my takes, and other people's thoughts and takes about what's going on in the stock market, what's going on with stocks and ETFs. The goal here is hopefully you, hopefully for you to take some of these nuggets of information and bring it back to your own personal investing circumstance and hopefully it'll help you uh, make some more educated and ultimately more successful investment decisions. My name is Amin Reina and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And what I do as an investment coach is I try to help people who want to be more uh, financially independent. The problem that a lot of people face, and as it pertains to investing, uh, is that they often, when they get into investing, they often feel frustrated, intimidated, and confused by the whole process. They either don't know where to start. I've worked with people who are brand new, spanking new to investing. Uh, I've worked with people who have been investing for a long period of time, and they're frustrated because they just aren't seeing their portfolios uh, grow or evolve meaningfully as they thought they would. Uh, so what I do as an investment coach to help people is I teach people. I engage with them on how to make more educated and ultimately more successful investment decisions so that they can improve their chances of achieving a certain level of financial freedom in their lives and, and achieving it with confidence. So today is, uh, what I've decided to do is, today's the first in a series of podcasts that I've uh, put together where I, talk, where I wanna talk to you and share with you uh, some of the real core principles of what drives stock prices. At the end of the day, you know, as investors, we're buying and selling stocks. We want to grow our portfolios, our 401ks, our RSPs, our TFSAs. We want our investments to grow. And ultimately, it comes down to making investment decisions, buying certain investment products uh, that are hopefully going to go up. And so the question we all face is what makes uh, an investment, what makes a stock, what makes an ETF, what makes it go up or down in value? And how do you figure it out? What makes stocks more valuable? Uh, and so I thought I'd uh, kind of dive into this whole concept because it's a, it's, a, it's a fundamental question we, every one of us ask on a daily basis. We may not be asking it directly, but indirectly we ought, we're, we're, we're there. And so I've come up with a couple of, I think it's about four or five podcasts where I kind of get into this whole uh, try to answer this question for you and help you to answer this question, help you to understand. And so for today's episode, I wanted to start with a much bigger picture and kind of as we go on with the next couple of podcasts, kind of drill down into some of the more micro uh, elements of ultimately what drives uh, share prices. Um, as an investment coach, what I do, I, I teach people, I teach people how to invest. And often that involves uh, teaching the mechanics of evaluating an investment and that often involves asking questions uh, you know as it pertains to stocks we want to know you know stocks represent um, companies they represent people they represent ideas products services and in order to find what kind of stocks you want to invest in you got to ask questions about the, the, the company and you're asking questions about you know what does the company do what is their value proposition who do they compete with uh, who buys their products 
Is the company making money? Is the company going to go, you know, financially strong? How risky is the business that they're in? And ultimately, is their stock cheap or expensive? These are the mechanical questions we ask ourselves when we're when we're evaluating stocks. We also ask ourselves um, behavioral concepts. We have to understand the behavioral side of investing. Uh, how people make decisions, what is the market sentiment, the psychology, understanding the biases that we all have when it comes to making decisions, and how our own behaviors often cloud our ability to make really good investment decisions, and ultimately evaluate if, if a stock or an ETF is going to go up in value. Those are the mechanical and behavioral aspects of it. But today, uh, I want to start something with a little bit bigger. and start from a much, much higher level because the only way these mechanical and behavioral elements really get traction is we need some foundation. We need a, a real core foundation and a core principle uh, for what drives uh, stock prices. And, and often it is, when I talk to you today, and is something that we, you know, living in a Western society, living in a, in a capitalistic, open market, somewhat free market society, uh, we take it for granted. We, it goes without saying, and uh, and a lot of times we we overlook it. And the times when we don't overlook it and we kind of realize about it is oftentimes when we're in a bit of a, a bit of a pain element. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that, and I want to talk, kind of bring it into a little bit of a rant because I'm seeing a lot of things that are in play right now in, our, in, the, way th in the way things are going on in the world and the way things are going on in, um, in the political side of it and the, uh, it could threaten a lot of these core institutions and core values that we have that play into ultimately what drives share prices. So I'm, gonna, uh, I'm not going to skirt around this, I'm going to get to the point. Um, one of the reasons why we are living in a, in a prosperous and wealth-creating and wealth-oriented society, why we are able to enjoy a lot of uh, high quality of life, it really revolves around the rule of law. We live in a society where we have a rule of law and it's enforced. Um, we have uh, a society where we have um, a certain element of stability and predictability in our political institutions, in our in our financial institutions, in terms of in terms of the governance, how they operate, the the checks and balances that are in place that uh, could discourage um, nefarious behavior, nefarious actions, and th these are elements that hey, we take this for granted. Um, we live in a free society. We have we're in, we're in a democratic society where we can vote and express our opinions. Um, these are huge elements for really what drives stock prices. It's because of having that stability, that predictability. It allows uh, a greater stimulation of ideas, and it allows an, uh, a stimulation of, 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 of creating products, of creating products and services that people want. And it creates an environment of having of companies that can start up and operate in an, in an environment which is predictable, and has a little bit more uh, security in terms of, uh, of the rule of law being enforced, it makes it easier to make decisions. It makes it easier to allocate our scarce investment uh, capital resources to create products and services that are gonna be valuable to people and are ultimately gonna make companies valuable. Um, if, a, if we're operating in a very politically stable and, 
environment where rules of law, a rule of law is enforced, where people have property rights, where the people's rights are enforced, that is more conducive to, to companies uh, starting and creating and creating products. And ultimately, that's what drives stock prices. At the end of the day, it's, it's businesses being able to operate in an environment where they feel secure, where they feel uh, protected, where people feel somewhat protected, um, knowing that the rule of law is going to be enforced. It's no coincidence, when you look at the valuations of uh, countries, when you look at the uh, stock markets all around the world, you'll notice that the US stock market, and I use that kind of sort of as the hub for my you know, explanation today, if you look at the, uh, the US stock market, historically it's traded at, when you're looking at a price multiple ratio of the, of the US stock market, it's traded you know, between 14 and 20. When you compare that to other countries around the world, compared to Russia, for example, uh, a very dictatorial, authoritarian type regime, um, their, their stock market, the Russian stocks, are typically valued at about nine times, have a nine times multiple. Um, when you look at other developing countries around the world, they often have lower multiples. They trade their their stock markets trade at lower multiples. From an investment side, you would think, oh well, those uh, countries' uh, stock markets or equity prices are cheaper. So, from a, you know, if you're a value investor, you say, you know, hey, I'm not going to put my money in the U.S. I'm going to put it in, in in other countries around the world. Yes, to a certain point. What the reason why? the US and other Western developed countries tend to have higher valuations on their stock prices. It's because um, there's a premium and investors are willing to pay. And what makes these company, countries so much more valuable and make their, their, you know, their equities much more valuable is the premium on them. People are willing to pay for stability. And people will pay there's a reason why the U.S. stock market is 21 times, you know, trades at a 21 multiple. It's because people are willing to pay for that, that extra, to know that their money is going to be secure. It's going to be uh, that stability because of that rule of law. It's going to make their assets, whatever money they put into the U.S., they know they're not going to lose as much. You're going to lose money. You're going to make bad investment decisions. That goes without saying. But the probability of you making bad investment decisions and losing a lot of money is, is, is less because of that stability. If you, you know, we're coming back to you know, first principles, diverse portfolio, broad markets, um, passive investments, low cost investing. Yeah, that's, those all play into it. But ultimately, it's stability um, that drives stock prices. And you're investing your money in places that are, have good governance, uh, predictable, uh, stable laws that are going to be enforced, those are going to be uh, places that are going to be conducive to higher stock prices. Um, so that's, that's the takeaway first. You know, what drives stock prices? Stability. Stability and predictability uh, and, and, and a rule of law that's enforced. That's kind of a first principle with, with when you're trying to figure out where you're investing. So hey, you know what? You put your money in the US or Canada or Europe um, those are st stable institutions, stable, politically more stable than putting your money in, you know, Myanmar or in Turkey or, you know, Russia, for example. Um, 
that's an element that drives stock prices, understanding that side of it. So when you're figuring out where you're gonna put your money, investing in the world, that's an element too. Now, the reason why I, want, I, I thought it was important for me to start talking about it, this, trying to answer this question of what drives stock prices by taking a much more macro approach is because I think I'm a little bit worried right now. Um, I think, and I'm specifically when I'm saying I'm worried, I'm worried for, for my friends and colleagues in, in, in America, in the U.S. Because one of the things that's made America, made America great, can't believe I'm paraphrasing that, but is, uh, is these elements that I've talked about. It's politically stable, rule of law that's enforced, strong governance, strong political institutions. That's really what's made America really strong and it's created a, a culture, an entrepreneurial culture that has stimulated the creative creation of an incredible amount of wealth. And that, to me, that's, that's ultimately what's, you know, that's America's value proposition when I look at it. That's what they bring to the table. And, I, and there's a lot of, I have a lot of respect for that. I'm worried for America right now because I see a lot of that stability, a lot of those institutions that I think that have really enabled America to be a really strong, dynamic economic power are getting eroded and are getting whittled away. And I think a lot of stuff that's happening by, by the Mad King, as I like to call him, is, is taking the country down that road. Um, for those of you who have been following my podcasts uh, all the way back, the last couple of years I've been doing this now, I did one uh, in 2017, February 2017, just after the president uh, took office. And it was based on a, uh, a blog post by Joshua Brown, who's a really awesome blogger, financial blogger, one of the best out there, um, talking about what drives stock price. And this is where this whole premise of what I'm doing is what drives stock price. I did a podcast, and he, and he talks about all the stability of, of institutions. And at that time, because it just, the Mad King just took over, the big question is, what's he gonna do? Is he going to take a shot at some of these uh, institutions? And the jury was out at the time. Well, it's easy to see right now, once we are far, far, far into it, that uh, a lot of that stability is really under threat. And the place where I, I bring it down to is, is the Federal Reserve, which is really the ultimate driver of, of economic policy in the U.S. It is, a, it is sort of the hub of how monetary policy and the nature of how capital flows in the U.S. and around the world uh, is driven by. And one of the things that's made the U.S. political system very exceptionally uh, efficient and um, productive is they have institutions that have been kind of apolitical, that have really have no, don't, aren't, influenced by whatever the current government of the day wants them to do. And so what's happening though is that element is now coming under threat because the Mad King, he's not happy about, you know, his, his raison d'etre is to keep the economy going, to keep the stock market up. And so anything that doesn't keep the economy going and the stock market up is a bad thing. And he's been trolling the Federal Reserve Governor, which ironically he appointed telling him he's doing a bad job, telling him he's crazy, he shouldn't be doing what he's doing, I think I'm gonna fire him. And, and to the Federal Reserve's credit, they basically looked away and said, you know, go to hell and we're gonna do what we wanna do. But 
the Mad King has gone away, but he's coming back. And basically what he's doing is he's trying to stack the, the I guess, the executive leadership, the governors in the Federal Reserve with people, with some of his people. So he doesn't like how it's being run. So his attitude is, I'm just going to go and put a bunch of shit disturbers and get in there who have absolutely no qualification, no experience, but just get in there and just be a shit disturber and, and uh, get them to do things the way he wants to do it. Um, this is dangerous. I think this is extremely dangerous. He's nominated two people, Stephen Moore and Herman Cain, to be Federal Reserve governors in the Federal Reserve. So he, they would have voting influence in terms of monetary policy. These are two people who couldn't be more unqualified for, for that particular, for this role. Um, they, they have, they're clueless and they're all about, and they've gone on record saying the Federal Reserve shouldn't even exist. They should probably abolish it and get rid of it. And yet here are two people now who are now gonna be appointed to work in the Federal Reserve. It's dangerous. To me, this is dangerous. And to me, coming back to what I, the whole point of today's episode, talking about what drives stock prices, stability in our institutions, predictability in our institutions is a key driver in terms of share prices. Ultimately, a key driver and a core driver of share prices. If that stability is threatened, if it's manipulated, it can distort stock prices and it could distort the value of companies and the way we uh, way money and capital flows if policies that are meant to be disruptive are implemented. So what's happening right now and the debate that's happening right now is critical. And I'm taking a little bit of comfort because it seems like a lot of the checks and balances that I talked about earlier, good governance, uh, is coming into play, and there might be, and there seems to be starting to be a lot more pushback in terms of the Federal Reserve uh, uh, nominations of uh, Moore and Kane. There's a lot of talk now that some of the Republicans aren't going to uh, aren't going to vote for vote for these guys, and so that's awesome because, again, what has made America a dominant economic power is that stability factor, and putting nut bars like these guys in there um, will do everything to kind of like, it's like throwing a grenade, would be like throwing a grenade in the, into the Fed, into your uh, economic system. It would be disastrous. I think money would just fly out of this country because that, if you're going to be running your country like a, like a banana republic, why the hell am I going to put my money in it? Money will just flow out of the, out of the U.S. If this mentality, if this culture starts to permeate through a lot of their Fed, uh, government institutions. So that's the takeaway. So that's my, my little bit of a rant um, on this because, but I think it's applicable in terms of what I want to try to get out to you today is when you're looking at trying to figure out where you want to put your money and where you want to make kind of investment decisions, one of the first principles you need to ask yourself is, am I putting it into a place or an organization that's stable, that's going to operate stable and there's predictability in terms of how uh, companies are going to be allowed to operate. Because ultimately, if they are, have that predictability, have that conducive environment for companies to do business, um, their chances of create, making proper investment decisions and how they invest their capital are going to be higher. And ultimately, they're going to create more tangible wealth. And ultimately, that's going to drive their stock prices. So stability of institutions, to me, is a core 
driver of what drives of what determines stock prices and what drive stock prices. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. And that's the takeaways. So in the next couple of episodes, I'm going to talk a little bit more. We're going to start drilling down and start looking at some of the more micro elements of what can drive share prices. And the whole point of all this is I want to give you some core principles. Because to me, investing, the way I teach people how to invest is, is through principles. Because once you understand the principles, principles are stickier than the mechanical formulaic stuff. You have the principles in your back pocket, you're able to formulate better investment decisions. So this is one core principle that I want you to walk away with in terms of how stocks get valued, in terms of how stocks trade every day on the market. What makes a stock go up? What makes a stock go down on a short-term, long-term basis? So we're gonna talk about that. So in the next couple of episodes, we're gonna get into more drilling down to some of the more micro kind of, uh, maybe some of the more mechanical elements of what drives uh, share prices. So I definitely encourage you to stay tuned uh, and continue on and listen into the next couple of episodes too, which are going to give you a little bit more clarity and a little bit more rounding out of the edges in terms of understanding these core principles. So that's all I got for you this for today. As I said, more to come on, on this. Uh, if you have any questions about this, feel free to give me a shout. You can find me through my website, sageinvestors.ca. You can send me an email through there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. My handle is at sageinvestors. I'm on there all the time tweeting, uh, sharing content uh, about stuff that I'm doing, as well as sharing some other people's content who I follow who are really, really way, way better at this investing thing than I am. Uh, sharing some really kick-ass content there. Um, and also sharing my own personal decisions. I make my decisions in real time, I tweet them out. So you can follow me in my hashtag, hashtag trade2019. Um, it's where I am right now. You can find me also on my Facebook page. Um, just do a search for Sage Investors. You can also find me on Instagram. Uh, I'm on there, not all the time, but I'm on there enough. Uh, at least a couple, you know, a couple times a week I'll put something up there. Um, just do a search for Sage Investors Nation. Um, if you have any questions about uh, the courses that I teach or uh, my coaching services, feel free to reach out to me uh, again through uh, any of these elements through my email, sageinvestors.ca, or through uh, the other social media that I got. So that's all I got for you this week. Stay tuned for more uh, in this series on what drives stock prices. Lots more to share with you. Thank you very much for listening in. This has been another episode of Stock Talk. My name is Amon Reina of Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye.